word this morning. And uh, for our opening scripture, we're going to uh, start with uh, Matthew 12 and 7. And then I will back up and go read Matthew 9 and 13. Praise the Lord. Glory to his name. Matthew 12 and 7. And it reads like this. Thank you, Lord. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless. If you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would have you would not have condemned the guiltless. And we'll back up and read nine and thirteen. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Glory to the name of the Lord. These are Jesus' words and these two passages and what he is speaking. And I call to your attention that I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Lord, let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your service and your spirit. We thank you for being here with us, Lord. We just ask right now as we attempt to minister your word, we give you glory and praise for your word because in the beginning was the word. And we need that to continue our daily lives, Lord. Bless, bless this word as you see fit and let it go forth to the hearers, Lord. Let them hear it in Jesus' name we pray. Let the church say, amen. amen. You may be seated. Glory to the name of the Lord. So with those two uh, uh, focus verses uh, this morning that we just read, well, I want to attempt and speak to you something uh, that says mercy, not sacrifice. And that's, the, that's what I want to try to bring forth this morning. Mercy, not sacrifice. Do, um, does everyone remember, may have played, may have did a little uh, game as a child. You, some of you may still do it. Uh, it used to be it used to be called just simply that mercy. Like you may, I bless you. The, I you do this, Michelle. A lot. I'll get and do the grab a little pinky and squeeze it, you know. And you'd say mercy, mercy. You know, a lot of times as kids, you do something, you try to to hurt, you know, put a little pain on, and the first one that cries mercy, you know, that means that you know they were giving in, giving up. You ever want to remember that? Had done that. Praise the name of the Lord. Yeah, that mercy, uh, mercy, mercy, you would cry out if you was being hurt. And uh, mercy, by definition, means compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. So someone who has the power to punish or harm it, uh, has, has the option and power to show you mercy, quite frankly. And so we, uh, God's mercy endures forever. And we know that uh, God has always been willing to forgive rebellious people if they repent and turn from their ways. So God has the ability to either punish or show mercy. Now, he chooses to show mercy over the punishment. He never wants to punish by, by any stretch of the mean. He always wants to show mercy and love. He always wants to do that. We know God has the power to punish and also show mercy if he chooses. Remember when he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whomever I will have mercy, and I will have compassion on whomever I have compassion. I'm so thankful today of the mercy and forgiveness that Jesus has granted me in my life. Aren't you? 
So thankful for that. Hallelujah. Yes. So why does God prefer mercy over sacrifice? I think it can be summed up, quite frankly, with, with saying, if we show for, it's all about love. It's all about his love for us, the true, genuine love. And if we show forgiveness or compassion towards someone, it's showing love. Sacrifice, however, can leave out love. When we say, when we say it's a sacrifice to do something, uh, then is it really a sacrifice if it's not coming from the heart, if there's not love there? Is it really a sacrifice that we are doing? It's just done kind of empty. If there's nothing behind it, nothing backing it up, no love backing it up, it's really just emptiness. And sacrificing can come, can uh, easily become a routine or a ritual that is done out of obligation, not love. God desires love over external e- external practices, and this is what Jesus is trying to get the Pharisees to understand. I want to call your attention back to Matthew 12, beginning at verse 1. Matthew 12 and 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. So the disciples, they were walking with Jesus. They were hungered and hungry, and they began to, uh, to grab these heads of grain. And uh, in the uh, King James Version, it quite frankly says corn. Uh, they began to grab the corn, the corn and pluck it and eat it. And uh, so this happened to be on the Sabbath, and the Pharisees saw this, and we know the Pharisees, how strict they were in the guidelines and wanted to keep the Sabbath holy. And they said this is not lawful, which was true. They considered that a harvesting type, so they they thought it was unlawful. But verse 3, he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry, he and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat? nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest. And we recall that uh, David, before he was king, he went and uh, required, uh, requested bread from the priest of uh, uh, the time, and for the man that was with him. And the priest was kind of concerned and, and nervous about this and said, well, all we have is a showbread. We don't have the common bread because, see, David wasn't a priest. And this, the showbread or this sanctified bread, if you will, was set aside and set apart for the priest for them to eat. But David had the priest give it to him, and he partook of that, and it was not lawful for him to do it. And uh, it, the Bible says that, that later on, as a result of that, uh, and David knew this, uh, that people died as a result of the priest died, and more than that, died and were killed. On that day, the Bible said 85 died and was slain because of what David had done, and he recognized this and knew this. And so this is what Jesus is referring to, is this time when David had eaten the showbread. In verse 5, Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. There's one greater in the temple. Jesus is greater than the temple. He's greater than David. He's greater than the priest. There's none greater than Jesus. And he was with them, and he is greater. He was greater than all of them. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Yet I say to you in this place, there is one greater than, than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, you would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus was Lord even of the Sabbath. He had control over the Sabbath himself. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to back up to verse 9 again, beginning in 10, verse 10. And read this passage. Now it happened as Jesus sat at the table in the house that, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? When Jesus heard that, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Glory to the name of the Lord. So we find in these two passages the same, the same uh, quote by, that Jesus said here, uh, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. So this, comes, this reference by Jesus goes back to the prophet uh, Hosea and uh, the the reference there that uh, Hosea and his attempt to warn the northern kingdom of Israel of the coming judgment if they did not repent in Hosea 6 and 6 we read for I desire mercy not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings so uh, this is what Jesus was trying to call to their attention and Hosea uh, was his personal life was an accurate account of how God's chosen people were unfaithful to him. Hosea's wife Gomer was unfaithful and had many lovers, and she went off to chase them for what they could give to her. And Hosea redeemed her from the slave market and restored her or forgave her and loved her because of, of this happening to him. Hosea understood what God was going through. The people at that time, during Hosea, the prophet Hosea, it was a very prosperous time. Uh, they, they were doing well off, as we say it, and had many great things, but they were not faithful to God. They were not staying true to him. They had, the, they had their gods. They worshiped other gods, tried to include Jesus, but it was these sacrifices that were empty. Their, their love was not in that. Their true love was not in that. And Hosea knew this. He understood this, and uh, he understood what God was going through. Uh, it was not heartfelt. But God's love for them is too great. Though judgment come for the people, his promise to restore also came later. God demands loyalty, and it's like the first commandment declares, Thou shalt not have any other gods before me. God don't want to share his people with any other gods. Whatever God you may, we say gods, but whatever whatever in life that you put in place of God, in place of time with communion and worship with him, whatever you put in place, he's not, he's not going to play second fiddle, as we say to that. He wants to be the one true God. He wants to be the one that you show commitment to and that you honor uh, to him. What did uh, Jesus tell the lawyer uh, when asked uh, what, which is the greatest commandment in Matthew 22 and 37? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. If we do that, then everything else is going to come into place. If we love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, body, and spirit, everything completely and utterly, show Him praise and glory that's due Him, everything else is going to fall into line. 
uh, and come into place. That that is key for God's people today. Because if not, it could God does not want to show judgment, but it can come. He's not he's not going to play second fiddle. It can't come, but his mercy is better. And that's what Jesus is trying to show the Pharisees is that his mercy is better than than the sacrifices that they were trying to perform. And also our more our mercy toward others is the same fashion. And our mercies toward others is in the same fashion. Praise the name of the Lord. And we're and we're going to speak on that in just a second. Glory to the name of the Lord. The Pharisees were people more concerned with the religious forms and rituals than compassion and mercy towards sinners. They focused so much on the law and perfecting it that they felt like they had to condemn the imperfect and avoid them altogether. Now remember back in verse 9 that Jesus had sat with the sinners and that tore the Pharisees up, that he had sat with the sinners and the tax collectors. Didn't understand it. Here they were thinking, here we are doing everything that we can. We're trying to perfect the law, read the law to the people. And, and they thought that they really had it going on. Their intention may have been good, but it, but it, it was not completely right. It wasn't completely there because they had decided to avoid other people. And can we imagine today, uh, or if we put ourselves into that position and place, is this the way that we treat other people? Is this the, is this the way that we treat people how God, how God wants us to treat them? Um, a Jesus wanted to be compassionate. He wanted to show the love. He wanted to show mercy to what they had done. And if we today don't show that mercy that Jesus showed, we're, we're just like the Pharisees. We can't avoid folks just because we see what we think their sin. If the sin may be out there in the open and you're, and you're noticing it, but do you avoid it? Do you turn from it and think, I know that's wrong. I feel sorry for them people. They're going to hell. You know, or do we try to be like Jesus a little more, try to show a little mercy and compassion, maybe try to point something out, try to be, you know, just something quick and brief and help them in some kind of way. Show the light of Jesus. Be concerned for them. Be concerned for their soul. That we can we need to be cautious of how we how we treat and show other show other people, how we talk to other people. And doesn't that sound a lot like religion today? Trying to get people to live a perfect, holy life that if you fail or once you fail, then you're shunned or kicked out or told not to come back to church because of something. Ain't that right? It's just, that's just like how a lot of churches are. You either live perfect and holy, right, right which God says, be, Jesus said, be holy for I am holy, but he don't, he don't mean be so holy you're not accepting you don't that you're not accepting to others. We have to be cautious and careful who we say you're. You're not welcome back in the church. We don't have mercy on you for this. But doesn't Jesus have mercy? Jesus has mercy. He is not. Jesus is not going to shun or kick anyone out that comes to him with a whole heart. Then there's other types of religion that are so welcoming that there's no standard at all by the way they live. We have so many churches today that it's, it's might as well, the sign might as well say, whatever floats your boat, come on in. There's no standard whatsoever. And that's not right either. God does have a standard. And that standard will come into play when we accept Him with a, with a sincere heart and, and strive to live stronger for Him and read His Word and let Him direct us. 
Let Jesus direct us. Don't let church folk direct us because they'll lead you astray and condemn you, turn their backs on you. Let Jesus direct you. Go to him, and and he will show you. He will give you conviction. Sometimes we don't have enough conviction in a church. There needs to be a little bit more conviction in the church without condemnation. Without the condemnation. Praise the name of the Lord. Glory to his name. Jesus, think about this. Jesus didn't tell everyone that he healed or forgave their sin to go and live like they were living. He told them, go and sin no more, right? Is that not what the good book says? Go and sin no more. So, uh, like he said in verse 13, he came to call sinners to repentance. And that's what we're trying to do. We're to try to be helpers to, to those who have not accepted Jesus. I mean, show them mercy, kind of show, show them a way of going, give mercy to them, be, uh, be like Jesus for them. Being mindful and careful that our words, our behavior, and our attitude can either lead someone to repentance or totally reject the wonderful mercy and forgiveness that Jesus offers freely. Luke 6 and 36 reads, Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. Glory to the name of the Lord. So we are to be merciful to those around us, like our Father is merciful to us. Aren't you glad today that even though we come to church and we, we strive to live a better life, we still mess up. And that's one thing that hinders people from staying wholeheartedly focused on Jesus and coming to church regularly is because they just feel like they can't live it. They feel like it's too tough, too strong, and they definitely don't want to hear the hypocritical church folk telling them. But we don't tell them a lot of times we mess up too. But it's the mercy of Jesus that when we ask his forgiveness each and every day, he forgives us. He has mercy on us. And we have that conviction in our heart that we said, Lord, forgive me. I done messed up again. Boy, if I could just knock myself upside the head, I would. Because <laughs> I don't want to continually mess up. But you know what? When we serve the Lord with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, it will become easier. It'll become easier, won't it? Will it not come become easier for us when that sincereness is within our heart? And that's what it comes down to. So we need to be merciful for our Father has mercy for us. Glory to the name of the Lord. Jesus knows that by the word of God, we're all just sinners and falling short of the glory. We don't want to be judged straight by the book because it's tough. We thank the Lord for Jesus being that ultimate sacrifice that died on the cross for our sins, that we can go to him and ask forgiveness for that and him give it to us freely. At Calvary, thank, thank God for the blood of Jesus today. I give praise and glory for him going through that on that cross. He truly went through an ordeal. If you would, come, come on up, back up there. In here. Uh, he truly went through a great deal at Calvary for us. and But one thing I thought about too though, besides what all he went through, the torture and the pain and heartache that he went through at Calvary, you know, the Pharisees were trying their best to live a perfect, holy life, greater than now kind of thing. Do we not think that Jesus saw all of that himself? Do, you not, do we not think that Jesus saw all the sin all the harlotry, all the hatred, the, the, the murder. When he was here on this earth, I'm talking about in his physical form, when he walked on this earth, he saw all that, but he didn't condemn them. He still willingly accepted them. He didn't shun them and run away from them. He went there to help them. 
He went. To, he was there to take care of them, and that, and he's still doing that today. He may not physically be here in physical body, but he's very much here in spirit. He's very much here in spirit, and I give him praise and glory this day for that mercy, that grace that he shows us. And there's none other like Jesus. There's none other like him. I thank him for his word today, and uh, we're going to uh, play a little song. And if there's anyone today that wants to come and have prayer in your body, or if you if you if you feel like that you have messed up at some point, and that you want a little mercy, Jesus is going to give that mercy. And we're not going to shun you. We're not we're not going to kick you out because we ain't no better. <laughs> we, we we may have not have messed up this week, but there's always tomorrow. But we're going to ask for we're going to ask for forgiveness until the Lord comes back and sees fit. That's all we can do. Amen. We can only strive and, and to seek Jesus and give Him praise and glory and honor each and every day of our lives. As they play, if you will come, we will pray with you.